When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Places Between podcast. Today, I'm excited to have you meet and hear from a longtime friend of mine doing awesome kingdom shaking and future generation building things, Brandon Heidemann. Brandon and I became fast friends way back in 2011, and one of the things that united our friendship was an equal desire to see the lives transformed and people understand their identity as sons and daughters of God, essentially royalty. But the most fun part of getting to know Brandon was his love for the action sports community and equipping the next generation of kids to not only be rad athletes within the action sport world, but also within their faith. Well, I don't want to spoil it all, so I'll let him tell you all about it himself. I'm hoping you'll pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, or maybe a Red Bull, and dive in with us to the places between. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Wendy. Thank you for the invitation. This is fun. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to start just with a quick introduction to who you are, what the world sees as a high-level view, and if you want to just talk a little bit about Royal. Absolutely. Well, starting way back, just a little context, God's been writing a story through my life the entire time, like He does for all of us. If we can discover that story that God's writing and how intimate and how excited he is about that story, it's something that's become a passion of mine. Almost five years old, my dad died in a kayaking accident, and it left my little sister and my mom and I as a little team to say, hey, let's figure this out. I want to be really clear that my mom is a just a superstar in this story by the way that she didn't have it figured out, but she decided in the places between to be just authentic and pursue her relationship with the Lord through the challenges. There was several times growing up, I remember her bringing us to the the kitchen table and saying, hey, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills this month, but we know that your heavenly daddy is going to take care of us. And so let's just ask him for what we need and let's watch what he does. Over and over and over, Wendy, there was times where whether it was $873 that we needed to cover our bills that month, we would pray for that. And then a few days later, my mom would grab us again and we'd get to the table and she'd say, hey, guess what? $873 were deposited into our account. And I don't know who they came from. I don't have any story on this and we can pay our bills. And so that's how I grew up watching that stuff happen over and over. Wow. It was the father saying, I'm not just a distant God saying, hey, you 
do what I tell you to, and I'm going to be happy with you. If you don't, I'm going to be mad at you. Like we're yeah. society. He's like, I'm with you in the details. And I want you to understand how much you mean to me. And I want to teach you who you really are in this process. And so that kind of laid a base or a platform since I was almost five to when I fast forward to I started racing motorcycles because I loved the motorcycles. I don't know what happened when I opened the shed and I, <laughs> my heart. So anyway, I started racing motocross and that was a passion of mine growing up. And I found something I was looking for temporarily, which was this identity piece. Hmm. And I would get affirmation boosts when I would do well. I was constantly looking for people to say I was enough or I was valuable or, I mean, let's break it to the very basics that I was loved. I mean, that's yeah. what I was looking for. And I'd win a race or I'd win a few races and I had a lot of friends and then I'd lose a couple races and I didn't have as many friends anymore. And then it was just this cycle that went up and down and that I just felt pretty tired by because it was a survival thing to me. This is what drove me to a place where I was racing professional motocross. And I was like, I, if I don't race a motorcycle, I don't know who I am. I don't know if I'm valuable. It was unhealthy to me, but it was everything I had. It was all that I knew. Then that took me to a place where God said something to me that was extremely hard for me to hear. And he said, I don't need your name. I just want your, I want your heart. And I had already been following him. I knew who he was. I loved Jesus with my whole heart at that time. But he said, you're still looking for affirmation. You're still looking for what only I can give you through this career. And I just want you to know that if you look at me to fill that, you're going to be in a whole different place. And I'm going to take you places that you would never have been able to get to on your own. Not many people can say that they have that intimacy with mm-hmm. a relationship with God. I don't want to cut you off, but I want to back up just a little bit. When you were going through that identity piece of like, you do really well at competition and you have lots of friends and then you lose a race mm-hmm. and you see your friends dwindle off. Like, did you know that that was like healthy or unhealthy? It didn't feel right. It felt like, it felt vain, felt very shallow. Hmm. It made me mad because I'm like, I'm investing my whole life to get something here. And then I start to get it and then it can go away just like that. Yeah. What if I get a major injury or what if my career shifts and I'm not racing motorcycles? Is anyone going to value me? Like, do I have anything that is worth paying attention to. To catch up right at that point, I, I said yes to him after three weeks of crying myself to sleep, being terrified. Who am I if I'm not on a motorcycle? Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And that's when I said yes to traveling uh, around the same groups of families and racers in the industry to, to provide church services and rider support for all the families and riders. And so cool. that became my main focus then. I was still racing, having fun, but it wasn't going to be my career anymore because that sport takes everything you have. You have to give your whole life to it. So I knew my dream was over as far as getting to where I wanted to with motocross. But through that, God opened door after door after door of not only satisfying my heart with knowing I just had this peace all of a sudden. I was like, I don't need anyone to approve anything. Like I know that I'm enough just because the Lord has has said so. So that was really big for me. It took a little while. How old were you when that process happened? It started when I was about 18 and it kept going through. I was 19 when this happened. When I was a little older, I was 21. I started to go full into 
action sports ministry. 19, we started this ministry that's now Royal. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. God just opens doors and we follow him and he takes care of the details. Totally, totally. Were you still competing racing at this point? I was, but it wasn't the same focus. I knew that my trajectory with the racing wasn't going to lead me to a world champion. There's different levels of motocross. I was not going to get to where I really, really wanted to be. But what was neat about this is I started to see the relationships that God was bringing into the the story, if you will, Mm -hmm. and people that I would actually have for the rest of my life and I would be fighting with for a bigger purpose and bigger cause. And I started to see that there was so much more than just the narrative of me trying to know if I was enough. It was like God was saying, you have no idea how much I love you and how much value you have, but let's bring you into a bigger story where it's not all about you and your, what your sponsors think of you and what your career is going to turn into. I need to tell you some things that are incredibly important for not just you, but an entire generation to understand. He started pulling me into on this bigger story that became a really deep dream. And then you can use the word calling in my life mm-hmm. to share a message with a generation of kids that desperately life or death need this for eternity. Yeah. When we have our eyes fixed on our own little story, it just never satisfies. But when we have a bigger story to attach to, and we know that there's a bigger purpose to our life than just us, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we start to realize this contentment and this this joy that you can't find anywhere else. And so I have a lot of friends that are professional athletes and this great, but this is a common conversation that we have is like, look, your career is amazing. You've been given a platform, but this isn't about you. Yeah. A bigger story for you to be a part of. And it's what you're fighting for. It's what mm-hmm. God's designed you to experience. And so that was my journey through that. And um, we fast forward to, it would be 2009 and I'm in Colorado. I have the ministry is going really well. God's blessing it. We're all over the place. I have a really fun setup. I'm making decent money with the career that I had outside of the ministry. I was working an excavating job with a family company and life is comfortable. I had a, a motocross and a supercross track in my backyard. I had an awesome dog named Echo. He was a, about 85% wolf and a girlfriend that I'd been dating for about seven years six or seven years. And I was pretty sure I was going to get married to her. And like, everything just felt like it was going really, really well. I remember sitting there saying, Lord, growing up, I remember how much we needed you, how we were desperate for you. And we didn't have a plan B. And so there's things about that season that I miss. And I'd love to have those again. And I don't care what it takes. I just want to be dependent on you like I was. And like our family was. That's a scary prayer to pray. That means that you might Just have him take the things that you're relying on that you love so much out of your life. And in the middle of that, I just had this piece saying that he's better than anything I could experience here. And I want that. I'm not saying because I prayed this, that these things happen, but this is my story now that if you fast forward three months, we got an invitation to be interviewed by one of the, it was actually the largest, most successful mountain bike company in the world at that time. They said, what you're doing in the motocross and now you've started to do in the mountain biking world is changing the industry. Like we're seeing major influencers in these industries just seeing their lives changed in front of your eyes. What's your story? Like what is happening? So it was a really neat interview. I was excited to see this happen. And 
So I fly to California for this interview. When I'm in California, I get a phone call from a guy saying, and he happened to be a sheriff at the uh, local police department where I'd left my dog to be watched by my friend. He said, hey, are you the owner of Echo? And that's the name of my wolf. And he said, uh, I've had to shoot Echo because he was chasing elk and I need to charge you for X, Y, and Z misdemeanors and all this stuff. Oh my gosh. What? And so turns out he had gotten out to go to the bathroom, saw some elk, started chasing the elk, and he was shot for that. And so my heart was broken. He was my best friend. He was into all the races. And so I can't finish the interview. I'm crying. I'm like, I can't do this right now. And my buddies put my bike to... We were working on our bikes. They put it together and we loaded the bikes and said, let's go to the, the track and just get our minds off of all this. I get to the track and the third lap, something went wrong with my throttle and then my throttle stuck over a jump. And I landed in a way where I could run straight into my friend that I was riding with or I needed to steer left. I did. I steered left, hit this jump sideways and it pitched me off the bike. No. And I landed on a rock on my left leg and it broke my femur in half. I get rushed to the hospital and they bring the paperwork after the surgery to me. And they say, well, your insurance has lapsed by a few days and your insurance isn't going to cover this. No, I don't think I ever knew that. Oh my gosh. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, I can't travel with ministry right now. Yeah. All that momentum seems to have just been halted. I don't know how I'm going to make any money because I can't work anymore this year. Echo's gone. That hurts. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm physically humble. I can't, I can't even walk. I can't go to the bathroom by myself. Talk about humbling. Yeah. yeah. I'm sitting there just asking God, like, what is going on? Like, I, I need you to speak to me. I need help right now. And so I drive back to, well, I get back to Colorado. My friend drove. I didn't drive. I was in California again at that time. So we drove all the way back to Colorado and I'm sitting in the back seat with my leg all messed up. And um, we get there and I, I get to see the girl that I mentioned that I was dating for about yeah. six or seven years by then. And I told her, I said, I've thought about this a lot and I really want to marry you. Um, what do we need to do to go that direction? You know, so I didn't propose, but I was asking her what she thought of that. And she said, yes, I've been waiting for that. Give me a huge hug yeah. and said goodbye. And the next morning I wake up and my first phone call in the morning was her mom. And she said, Abby's been killed in a car accident this morning. and it was kind of the final straw that hit me really hard. And it was just this, okay, God, what do I have to really get my hopes up for anymore? Like you can have, I don't, I don't really care anymore. Mm -hmm. Moment of just feeling wrecked. And he showed me this, this fork in a road of saying, you can be bitter and angry at me, or you can just lean in with everything you have because I'm doing things you can't even comprehend. So if you trust me, I promise you, I'm going to take care of, this pain. I'm going to take care of what I'm doing with. And I have a really big lesson here for you that's going to be changing your life and your trajectory. And I fought it. I was angry for a little bit. A couple yeah. of days, I was just struggling with it. And I said, God, I don't have any other options. Here, everything I have right now. I just said, yes, what do you have? I'm, I'm surrendering. I trust that you are good. And mm-hmm. I trust that I don't have anything else. So at that moment, it wasn't that the pain went away, but it was this piece that I can't even explain oh, that wow. changed my t- entire perspective on my life and the people that I, I hold so close. Since my dad died, my mom, I've been sick to this point. And in my story, I was sick when she'd show up late. 
because I was like, what happened to my mom? Did she die in a car accident? Did she right. die? Where is she? And so there's that fear that was crippling me. This whole thing goes down. And I say, God, I just give you all of that fear. I don't know. I can't do this on my own. I'm out of control. I want to trust you. The next thing happens pretty quickly, but he shows me, I don't know if I was, if I fell asleep or if was, I was awake, I don't remember what happened, but I saw this picture of me on earth and God pulling me away from the earth. And I have all these strings attached to my heart and wow. all of these, these are really good things. It was relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, one string was my career. One string was the ministry. One string was um, echo and different things. And the further he pulled me away, one by one, these things would rip off of my heart and it would start to bleed and it, would, it hurt really bad. He was with me in that moment, but I was okay. It would be gone. And I was like, okay, I'm okay still. And he'd pull mm-hmm. another one and another one would rip off. And he'd pull me a little further and another one would be ripped off. And pretty soon I was looking above the clouds of this earth that I was looking at. And I thought I would have died by now. And I was kind of shocked at the fact that I was still okay. Hmm. How is this possible that I haven't died without the things that I've been relying on so much for my security and my identity and my peace, my joy, my happiness? I said, I still feel okay. And I feel bad about that because I've lost in this picture, I've lost everything I care about. Sure. And he said, I'm all that you need. I just wanted to show you that if you could live this life in a way that you understand that I'm literally everything you need. And you can enjoy the things, you can hold them in your hands, and I can take them or I can put them in your hands, but you, your life isn't dependent on these things, then you're going to be able to live life in a way where we can go where I really want to take you. Wow. Because I'm trying to protect the things that I've given you that you can't control anyway. That changed my life. That changed my perspective. I felt invincible in a way where I was like, I don't have to hold with white knuckles onto the things I love because even if God says this is a season where I'm going to take you away from that or take that out of your life you're still going to be fine you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. so let's forwards to another season where I was with a, a really incredible pastor mentor of mine that was spending a lot of time with me and he just basically told me you have to realize that you're not a human being on this earth but you're a spiritual being given a human body to live for a little while, but your true identity, if you say yes to what Jesus did to give you new life, new identity, mm-hmm. he died on the cross to pay for your sin, your rebellion. And when you say yes to that, he gives you a brand new spiritual identity. Wow. That's your true identity. That's where all of this clicked for me. And he mm-hmm. said, I want you to share this message with this generation in a whole new way of I already love them. I've already paid for them. And I just want them to realize that I've done the work. They need to enjoy me and this story, this journey that I can take them on. So when we talk about the places between, there is an enormous amount of me being in these in between places going, now what? Like what in the world? Not just am I confused of my next moves. I'm like, I don't even want to go forward. I don't even have have the motivation or the desire. And he came in and said, I have places for you to go. We're in an in-between moment, but mm-hmm. I want to, I'm going to open your eyes to a whole new world that Absolutely. you have gotten to. So, Absolutely. Wow. Wow. 
Thank you so much for sharing, even just as hard as that is the beginning part of your journey. And I think about people that are awesome warriors of faith to me that I know and get to like learn from and glean from their wisdom. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they've been through like the hardest things. It reminds me, I heard this example from someone when we pray or cry out to God, God, I want to need you, but our need for him is like just this much, just an inch big of like, I just need you in those foxhole prayers or whatever. Like our connection to him um, does feel shallow and dry. And if talking to him once a week on a Sunday morning, of course, there isn't like this need for him. The girl that was giving this illustration had lost one of her siblings. And she's like, at that point, I needed him as far as I could reach, like from finger to finger, like it became everything to me. It was my breath that I needed him to fill in the space. And I just thought, what a beautiful example of like when we rely on him for everything, for our finances, for where we're going to live, for how am I going to pay for my next XYZ bill to our car running, all of these things, even relationships, it just becomes to me so much sweeter and so much more meaningful. When we have this big vision for something that we're called to, it can also feel like the heaviest weight until it happens, right? (laughs) I'm sure you can relate just a little bit. Yes. I've seen you build towards this vision of Royal for the latter part of 10 years. And then, you know, since your childhood add on all of those years, um, I know it didn't just happen overnight for you. You get through these epiphanies with the Lord. What's the first thing with Royal that you start building towards? Like when did Royal fall into, we're going to do these things, these camps. Talk to us about that journey. This pastor I was telling you about, I went through a season of bouncing back, if you will. So you take 2000, I met him in 2011. Okay. And we had just gone through a pretty hard season with the ministry. Two and a half years of spending time with him really was, and I cried over and over at this because I cared so much about where we, just where we wanted to go with the ministry, but he kept holding me back and I got frustrated. And he was like, I don't care about the big story near as much as I care about your heart. I want you to know that there is nothing that matters to me more than us. Wow. And so I don't care about dreams. I don't care about impact. I don't care about how you're used for the rest of your life for the kingdom. He said, that's not really how I look at it. I don't look at it as I want to use you to build my kingdom. He said, I want to build my kingdom with you. Mm. And I want the relationship that we have to be super sweet because of this interaction that we have in the process. And so Ephesians 2 talks about this where he says, I've set the good things in front of you to walk in so I can just basically love you. And that changed my perspective big time on this because 2014 comes around. I wake up in the middle of the night and he says, you've been doing events and day camps and different things around the U.S. for 10 years or seven years. He said, I don't, I don't need you to be focused on that so much. I want to take you into a new, a new journey, a new step where it's going to really stretch you. And the fact that you have been so passionate about summer camps that would have action sports athletes. So you combine like Jesus and his message of identity with an X Games kind of vibe or, or 
kind of context and the model of summer camping, that's where I want to take you next. Fast forward through a ton of detail that I would love to share, but we don't have much time. God opened door after door after door, like me showing up in an Einstein bagels on a random trip to Dallas because I just felt like he said to go to Dallas. I didn't know anybody here in Dallas. I show up there going, okay, God, if I'm hearing you right, you got to do something because I feel kind of like an idiot right now. I don't know. Right. Oh, my gosh. Standing in line for an egg sandwich and a guy in line says, so what do you do? I said, I think I'm supposed to start a summer camp. And the guy starts to cry. And he says, I was told in the shower to help someone start a summer camp today. Oh, my gosh. I sat down at breakfast with him and he's like, what do you need? I said, I actually have no idea what I need yet. But in a business plan, he said, what's it going to cost? I said, well, probably 10,000. I don't know. He said, well, here's $5,000. Get the rest and get it going. I can't for the life of me get a hold of this guy to this day. I don't know where he went after that breakfast. I don't know what he's doing. But those kinds of things kept happening over. Another fun story is we we searched and searched, put a team together. We got the video and the business plan together, have some amazing consultants. I step into this property in Colorado that we find, and we love the property. It's going to be a great place to start, awesome location. And we raise the money. We do fundraisers. We do gala dinners. We do like we move people out to the property. We're ready to buy this place. Day before closing on the property, I wake up and I hear the Lord's voice just telling me that I shouldn't buy this place. We should not buy this place because he has something better for us. He said, you can buy it and it'd be fine, but I have an upgrade. So just trust me. That was a moment for me too, to be like, Lord, what? Confirmed it with our team and our board and everything. And they said, if that's what God's saying, we're going that direction. For those listening that might not understand what it's like to hear God's voice, how do you sense or have that inner knowing? Like, I know what that feels and sounds like too, but how do you know it's not just like the pizza you ate last night? (laughs) Totally. No, that's a great question. A couple things. Everything starts with where your heart's at and what you really want. If you want to hear something that is going to cater to a fear that you're trying to justify or Mm -hmm. to a desire that you have that you really want permission that that's legitimate, you're not going to be able to hear what's really being spoken. It's just like selective hearing with anything. If you could ask me a question, but I want you to be asking or answering a certain way, I'm going to hear what I want. We have to start with that saying, I'm going to surrender what I want to hear. I need to make sure that my heart really, truly wants to hear your voice. And John 10 talks about, in the Bible, it talks about that when the shepherd, which is representing God, speaks to his sheep, which represents us, he said, they'll know my voice. Mm. They want to know my voice. voice. Meaning if they're my children and they trust me, they're going to hear my voice. And so our whole team is very, very big on just stopping in prayer, isn't just talking to God. It's stopping to listen to God's voice. And so the more that we practice and the more that we listen saying, Jesus, I want to know what you're saying. Help me to set aside my agenda. Help me to stop trying to look for certain answers. I just really trust you. And and I want to know what you're saying to me. I promise you, you're going to hear his voice. Yeah. Okay. So go back to, you hear God tell you not to do Colorado. Correct. is not what I wanted to hear about. Right, because we all want to hear when God tells us no. (laughs) No, no, especially when you put eight months into something and you're... Oh, man. I say no. I I emailed the seller and I said, no, we're not going to buy the property. We have to... Yeah, I know you have other people that are interested. Sell to them. We're going to go our own way. I had no backup plan. 
an hour and a half later, I get a phone call, which felt like a long time, but it was only an hour and a half. I get a phone call from a guy in Dallas, or he's in Fort Worth, and he said, are you going to buy the property in Colorado? And I said, no, we're looking for a new home. And he said, I need you to fly here ASAP. So I get on a plane, I fly to Dallas. I sit down and he said, God has built something really big that he's told us is for his kingdom, but we didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, We've essentially put, for a different organization, we've put a $400 million property in place for action sports youth development. And the organization that was using this isn't filling it with the kids that we were expecting. And we just are looking for another, another operator that can step in here and, and bring some kids and, and we can change the kingdom through this. So I fly out there as a 10,600 acre action sports facility with, like I said, $400 million put into this place. He said, do you want to use this or not? And so <laughs> I said, yes, I think so. And so we move our team out to West Virginia and we start doing camps. And there's a lot I'm skipping in the, in the midst, like in this in-between place, which we could do five more episodes on this in-between places. Oh, See- absolutely. And oh. we'll have you come back for another. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I won't spoil that. I love that. You have a promise. And I, I've been reminded of David over and over where he was promised by Samuel, you're going to be king of Israel. God never told me I was going to be king of anything, and I don't want to be king of anything. But I know that he promised us this property, and he was going mm-hmm. to have a generation. Mm-hmm. So in four and a half years from that promise of this is going to be your property, you're moving here to use this place. Not that we would own the property, we'd be able to use it. And it's taken four and a half years, and literally three weeks ago, the contract got signed, finally. Wow. And we're using it this summer. It's the first wow. time we've been able to do it. Talk about the not just the weeks or the months or even the years, but the days of being like, okay, God, you said this. It's been two and a half years. Absolutely. So how do you deal with that? How do you walk through that? And that's been a beautiful season of growth for me. And what God's done through that has been awesome. Looking at where we're at now, God is literally in the midst of that. He's giving us another location at the same time is opening up this one with this 10,000 acre property. And I'm just watching God do so much more. And I want to say this in the places between oftentimes, and this is new to me. So this is fun, new uh, revelation for me that hopefully everybody else gets to cheat from not having to go through four and a half years or like David, 13 years um, before he stepped into being king. There is a season in a lot of people's lives where God says, I'm going to take you here and that's an advancement. You're starting here. You need to walk this way to get to here. But when you start here and you hear that promise, it feels like you're moving backwards. And you're like, yeah. but you're going there and I'm going that way. And I've struggled with that for a while because a lot of what's happened has been like a backwards motion. It feels like mm-hmm. we're backwards. And the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I said, God, why is that? And it's right before our meeting with getting this contract signed. Mm-hmm. I said, why is that? He said, well, if you could see what I see, you're actually in a figurative slingshot. I'm pulling you back. Oh my God. I can let go of you to get you way farther than what you think. And that changed my whole perspective. Wow. I heard somebody, and I can't recall exactly who it was, but they were talking about like God has the ability to not only when he chooses to redeem something because he exists outside of time, he has the ability to speed it up where it's like, essentially he snaps, like it's go time and you're 
able to redeem the time in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So that's so beautiful. That slingshot image. That's really cool. I want to be sensitive just to listeners um, time. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of questions um, just because I want them to hear a little bit more about what Royal and Camp Royal is today. So talk about this upcoming summer and what do you have planned oh. and how can people learn more? You can go to weareroyal.com okay. and, and you'll find dates for all kinds of camps and programs we have this summer, but we have day camps, we have overnight camps, we have pro athletes that come in and, and teach the lessons for our kiddos to understand how to how to not only enjoy these sports and push their their craft but they also are taught in a way that's safer than trying to learn from your friends at the skate park so there's a plug for the moms i think that if i was going to teach my kid how to skateboard i'd rather a professional teach him than myself or somebody that was age. so that's a fun part of what we do but the biggest piece of this is bringing these kids into an experience of what does your true identity really mean yeah, uh, I mentioned it earlier, but one quote that we use a lot is, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And mm-hmm. so let's really dive into what that looks like and understand that it all starts with the relationship with God because he paid the price. He's invited us. We just have to say yes. Awesome. Um, I, at the end of our lessons um, each week, hand out a $10 bill to whoever is bold enough to come up and get it. And I said, three or four things need to happen right now. Number one, you have to believe it's worth something, this gift of $10. Number two, you have to be bold enough to take it no matter what anyone thinks. Number three, you can't just run back and stick it in your pocket. You have to spend it. If you don't spend it, it's not worth anything to you. So that's what we're saying about our identity is you have to believe that what Jesus did is worth it. You have to take it. You have to spend it. And in the context of who we are as his children, Mm -hmm. that gives you access to his power, his anointing, his strength, his joy, his hope, and we can change the world. If one kid gets this to change the world, we've had a ton of kids come out of this camp already in the last three years and just, they're already world changers. I'm, I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. Oh, I love that. I love that. So tell us really quick, what sports do you have professionals in for your camps? So right now we have skateboarding, scootering, which is the biggest oh, cool. up-and-coming action sports uh, sport. We have a lot of amazing athletes in each of these, but uh, the second, number two and number five in the world, scooter coaches are some of our favorite guys. So they're they're killing it out in the world. They're doing so so much. Then we have a BMX and then freestyle mountain bike. So it's a mix of those four right now. We're opening a digital media program at the moment, and we're going to be doing a few other things here very shortly. But a mix between what you experience at summer camp. And what you do if you're going for a professional coaching session at, at some sports camp. So it's fun. Cool. I love that. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, um, one last question for you. What place would you say you're between now? Now, I guess now that you have that contract signed and what are you looking forward to? This is the biggest, scariest thing. I had a meeting and I'll keep this quick, but I had an all day meeting yesterday and a meeting the day before with a group that basically looked at everything we're doing and said, Brandon, the one thing we're concerned about is that we just don't think that you're really dreaming or thinking big enough. Oh, wow. And I looked at them and I said, what? I can't even fathom how we're going to do what we're doing now. I mean, this property can hold 10,000 kids at a time, let alone the second property. What do you want? And they're like, yeah. see the opportunity for God to use this message everywhere. So I'm in the in-between of 
where we're at with what we have. And then I'm reminded of this promise that God's given us of, I want to wake up a generation. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty big. Like, uh, I don't know what that takes. I'm going to try not to control that. I'm going to try to just be faithful with what we have, where we're at with, you know, just what we've got right now. And the trust you for the upgrade, but oh, not, I love that. Not looking at the experience or the program or any of that, but personally remembering and me and our team, if we are hungry for a deeper relationship with God personally, we know that we have access to where He wants us to go. So that's Absolutely. what I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Brandon. For those of you listening, be sure to check out weareroyal.com, correct? That's right. And um, we'll see you soon. Thanks. just crazy. I think about like his mom. You see, it makes me want to cry. You see the foundation of faith it gave him, mm-hmm. which is probably really important for having lost a father. So yeah. Right. His mom going, okay, this is our need. We're going to pray. And maybe she did it not out of fear and not out of lack of faith, but because she believed so mm-hmm. strongly that God is who he says he is. Yeah. He was going to provide. And maybe it was also her going to God, God, I have these babies. And I want you to see these babies. Yeah. I know that they need these bills paid to God. You know, who knows what her her thought was, but the Psalms gives us a lot of room to like just come openly and honestly exposed and sharing exactly what we're feeling to the Lord. Yeah. Um, and that blew me away. That foundation of faith of her bringing them around and going, this is our need. Cannot do it. I cannot do it out of my own strength. I don't have the earthly ability to. So I need God to come into this place and we're going to ask him to help us. And then he does. Mm-hmm. And then that foundation of faith and that foundation of God being provision over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So powerful. When he talks about realizing that he wasn't going to make it in his career like he thought he was going to, but then found something so much better. And he was like saying, when you went, win a race, you have all these friends and then you don't, and they like scatter, <laughs> you know, but him changing his position or place, but still within that industry, within that community, you know, God's dreams for our life and place he has for us isn't always so linear. I thought that was so cool. And then of course, He gets to kind of where, oh, so many things are going great. And then that prayer. And I loved that he also established, I don't think God made these things happen with the the death of his kind of soon to be fiance at the time and the death of his dog and and his leg. And and I know that can be a, a challenging thing for people to hear, but I love that he pointed that out. I'm not saying these tragedies happen because I said this to God, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important to say because God cared deeply about her life, just Mm -hmm. as deeply about her life as he Mm -hmm. did, as God does for his. And I think that's a good thing we all can all remember, you know, the tragedies that take place in our life. God doesn't just care about our end of that. Mm -hmm. He also cares about the people that are also in the midst of the tragedies Mm -hmm. just as strongly. Like just how sweet God is to really redeem so many of the things that we go through on this, in this world that God can be like, if you trust me, 
I'm going to take you on the ride of your life. Right. So just trust me and hang on. Yeah. And just how those things in childhood informed him to kind of survive and love God through the midst of all those tragedies. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. And then also them not signing to do that one place, but then being in Dallas or where everyone's and in line and this guy asking what to do, like him just knowing, okay, we're not going to sign those papers that day. God, the Holy Spirit has something else for us. And I'm going to trust him because I know I can trust him. It's such a reminder of building that yes in ourselves at any age, right? God, Mm -hmm. God can do anything at any age, but also gosh, that foundation that he had, it is kind of almost what allows him to walk away from things that look so perfect on paper, you know, and knowing God so intimately during tragedy, man, really incredible. What an incredible guy. It makes me want to do action sports (laughs) (laughs) or drink a Red Bull. I know. Yes. Drink a Red Bull. All right. We so hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Brandon. What an incredible guy. Please like, subscribe, rate us. That would be so helpful to us. And we thank y'all so much for joining The Places Between. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of The Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.